This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Good news for Canadians now in Wuhan, China. The federal government says it is preparing a plane to airlift Canadian nationals out of, out of that city in China in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. So... How does an airlift work? Listen to this report now from CKNW contributor Claire Allen. The federal government is sending a plane to China to bring Canadians home from the region where a new coronavirus originated. We have secured a plane to repatriate uh, Canadians who so wish uh, to come back. Now the next step obviously is to work on the diplomatic front and the logistics obviously with our uh, Chinese counterparts. Uh, We are engaging in discussion as we speak. These airlifts are major operations, but having never participated in one, I was wondering how it all worked. For that information, I turned to Dr. Robert Quigley. He's the Senior Vice President and Regional Medical Director of International SOS. What's International SOS, you ask? Well, quite simply, if you need to be evacuated from a country, these are the people you call. International SOS is the world's largest uh, medical and security travel risk mitigation organization. They count nearly two-thirds of the Fortune Global 500 company as clients. They also serve NGOs and government organizations around the globe. So if you need to airlift citizens or employees out of a country, where do you even start? Here's Dr. Robert Quigley. It begins by having a network of agencies at your disposal globally with whom you can interface to choreograph and orchestrate such a massive evacuation. In this case, in Canada, there needs to be coordination on the ground with the local authorities, and that means the uh, local Chinese authorities, healthcare authorities, government authorities, uh, to get permission to even land an aircraft from Canada and then uh, have uh, individuals leaving Uh, the country because as we speak right now uh, the government has mandated that uh, the city is on a lockdown uh, in Wuhan and people cannot come in they can't leave so there would be special permission would have to be granted to uh, facilitate the exit of the Canadians who are wanting to leave. So say you are one of those citizens who wants to leave where do you go is it a regular airport do you need a ticket Do you have to present your passport? Well, typically in these kinds of massive evacuations, uh, we're not talking about using commercial aircraft. We're talking about using uh, private wide-body aircraft. And they land in different sites than the regular commercial airports. They land at what are called FBOs. And the FBOs are usually located in close proximity to the commercial airports. So there wouldn't be a lot of people uh, that would be uh, in the way or obstructing the progress of the individuals wanting to get on this aircraft. So more likely than not, uh, there would be uh, designated buses that are picking up the people at a designated uh, disembarkation site somewhere in Wuhan, and they would all travel en masse uh, to the FBO, and they would again be uh, interrogated and then put on the aircraft. So what kind of medical precautions is the Canadian government taking when it comes to the people boarding this flight? Nobody is going to be traveling if they're symptomatic, if they're actually ill. So more likely than not, Uh, those individuals that are symptomatic, um, uh, they wouldn't be putting them on a plane. I think where the challenge is, is with those people who are not symptomatic, knowing that this virus has a uh, up to a 14-day incubation period, and we don't know as of yet whether or not the disease is contagious while it is 
uh, incubating. In other words, while somebody is asymptomatic. Dr. Quigley said the next step is to make sure that Canada is ready to accommodate a plane arriving with people who have already been exposed and possibly infected with the coronavirus. That means there needs to be coordination with the public health agency in Canada and there needs to be representatives of that agency to accommodate and give permission for such an aircraft to arrive. And it doesn't just stop when the plane touches down. Quigley says that once the plane lands, passengers would have to meet with health officials. They would be uh, more likely than not uh, doing temperature screening and asking the passengers to fill out a questionnaire and then looking to see whether any of the individuals disembarking have signs consistent with a flu-like illness. And if the latter is the case, those people would be taken aside and more likely than not with a low threshold, taken to a nearby hospital. Dr. Quigley says the discovery and spread of the coronavirus has meant that international SOS has been very busy. This is the kind of stuff that we saw with Ebola, with H1N1, uh, with SARS, with Zika, all of these Uh, infectious diseases, which uh, unfortunately are cyclical, uh, they uh, cause um, concern amongst uh, all stakeholders. But for us as an organization, we have to have a playbook that we follow. So we're we're having to uh, ensure that we have uh, open uh, dialogues uh, with all of the uh, appropriate governmental agencies. And and we're collaborating uh, on a regular basis with both the CDC and the U.S. State Department because often they are uh, dictating best practices Uh, that uh, we are to follow and we follow their direction. For AM 980 CKNW, I'm Claire Allen. All right, Claire, thank you for that.